He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound, just watch no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal, son, never mind them brakes. Let it all hang out, cause we gotta run to make. Let it all hang out, TJ. Let it all hang out. What's up, people? Moto X Pod Show. Brought to you by Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, Broadway Power Sports, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, man. They got a heck of a moto inventory, guys. Man, have you been by there? Look at all the new gear out there. It looks good. Fox Shift, Gar- Garnet boots, uh, Fox Instinct boots, all kinds of 100% goggles. I just go by there and make, just I can't even walk by because i gotta, I got to buy something. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> guys, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mark Poole. With me in studio, as always, my two Goonie friends. Number one, DJ TJ Smith. What's up, man? Uh, just another day. Yeah, the crappiest producer you know. That's just, right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, hey I, I'm okay if, with that. If I'm I okay. tried to sit over and do that shit, we'd never get on the air. So, it, uh, yeah, th- third on the list, but always number one in our hearts, Jamie Darkside Guida. What's up, Jamie? How's it going, guys? Well, good, man. How are you? How's the shoulder? Uh, Better. Sore still. The, but... world, the world is sitting awaiting updates on Jamie's shoulder. I, oh, I, I know. Shit, you I know, know. It. That okay. is what's happening. Go on Twitter and look. I promise. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. It's, uh... <laughs> this shit. I, I think what they're all waiting for is to hear like the, the re, uh, Jamie's review of the new ride. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a new, new bike. Got a new Thanks ride. To my dad, my my original sponsor. Yeah, I heard that. I Forty-one heard. years old. My dad bought me a new dirt bike. That's all right. Mom bought me one a few years ago. I ain't mad about You're it. Right. Yeah. I still can't really wrap my brain around the fact that he did that for me. My parents don't even really understand motocross. Yeah, they wouldn't even know where to buy a dirt bike. <laughs> they huh? wouldn't even know. Yeah, your dad, without notice, man, just rolled right in there and said, hey, Jamie, here you go, man. You're yeah, like, apparently what? he's been working on it, and I got called over Friday afternoon because apparently my uh, six-year-old nephew wanted to show me something that he got and got over there, and it was a new dirt bike for me. There you go. There you go. Well, Honda's always a good yeah. choice, and we, we, Jamie's getting that thing dialed in already, and l- look for him to come uh, – to come uh, beat you at a track near you. <laughs> so, uh, there you go. But, yeah, I, yeah, I may be moving up, too, in the intermediate class. I don't know if I'll be beating anybody. But yeah, after our uh, sandbagger discussion last week, I think I made my mind up to go ahead and move up. You go know, ahead and move up. Yeah, I saw Shane Huff had re- replied on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all might as well go ahead and label me a sandbagger. It's my fat butt trying to ride that 125. I'm going to go back and ride the beginner class to keep up, <laughs> well, horsepower-wise. I don't know if I talked to you all about it, but it didn't dawn on me until afterwards. My buddy Randy has been riding for over 30 years, and he still rides the C-Class. So. Does he? I, I, I talked to him today. I should have gave him a hard time about that. There's still that part of me that if that's the class you're competitive in, it should be okay, but I guess that that puts me in the same bag or the same bag group the same. Of, of all the guys. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, of all the guys you. that should move up that aren't, so I'm just going to probably move up. I may go ahead and finish this series since I already started it, but then – Make the move after that. Yep, yep. Well, hey, just do what makes you happy. It doesn't really matter after that. As long as you're not being a dick about it, no worries. So uh, That means you got to win. You have to go out winning the series. I, I think it's too late now since I'm zero points pretty much at round one. I don't think that's going to be very Well, he, he's already thrown I might be able to win there. some motos, just not, some, not the series. No, that's true. Uh, go out there and get some. Hey, moral victories like are victories Tomac. too. Right. Know? Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of, dude. We got a damn series here, guys. We have got a points battle. Tomac is 17 back at Dungey. That is very, very doable. Now, he's still going to have to have some help like he got this weekend. But are you okay there, Jamie? Yeah, man. 
Allergies. TJ's, TJ, he's got, I, it's, I it's TJ's hell. perfume. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. TJ's perfume, his, his body odor too mixed with it. But uh, Hey, I had to work today. I actually had to drive around. <laughs> I went home and showered. I'm with you. I was delivering packages all day and smelled like the straight stank, so I was out. So but, anyways, back to Tomac. Anyways, they uh, I, this series is very <laughs> winnable for him now, more so now. I think more so now than I have this whole year. He's going to need some, probably a little more help. All uh, he has to do is win every one of them. Well, hey. <laughs> You're right. Man, I'm just. I still. Dungey's got to have a bad finish somewhere. He got. I thought it was going to be. I thought he was going to be farther back. I was pretty excited as Daytona started off. Like, oh, he's going to be in the back. I tell you what, Dungey better be glad they went back to the twenty lap format this time, or he'd have been. He'd have been further back. So, so did I? Didn't even look at that. Did the time? Did it last longer? Yeah, with the laps. He said he would have been on pole last night. Marks, you know, does all the the schematics or whatever. Keep track. He said he would have ended up fifth. Statistics. Statistics. That's, a, that's the word Statistic. I wanted. <laughs> you know. Statistic. So, anyway, so he, he said he would have been third? Fifth. Oh, fifth. Yeah. I was saying, I thought he was third. So. But anyways, uh, he was fourth. Yeah, he was no, fourth. fourth. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it really isn't that big of a difference, but it's still. That's, it's what, still how many, that's three, four more points, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he got, man, I mean, Dungy's managing this thing well, because Tomac's on fire right now. It wouldn't. It's just one of those things. When a guy catches... Win like that, basically, you're not gonna stop him. He's just on, you know. When he pulled off, do you think he was mad about his position, or was there something else that pissed him off? He's probably mad about the whole damn race. I mean, because everybody you know? kind of nobody was nice to him as he went through the pack. <laughs> well, darn. Yeah. Well, I, no, I'm just saying. I, I think you know he ran out of tear offs early, so he probably wasn't happy. I'm sure he's pissed about the nine yeah. pounds of sand he had in his mouth, and you know. And I, I, I think he was banging with somebody. Throughout, you know, I don't remember who they. I, I saw C- something Sealy, on Twitter. Him that and Sealy tied it up. A maybe that's bit. what it was, but you but know, there was a couple of people. That's what I'm saying. That that were not like. I mean, a lot of times the champ just blows by. Guys are like, you know what, I'm gonna. But it was almost like a lot of the riders just didn't have respect that maybe he. Well, I think a lot of that a little bit had to do with the track. It was kind of hard to pass on, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There was, I mean, he made passes, so it wasn't that hard to pass on. But I'm sure it frustrated him. Just you know, he know he knows Eli's out front. And knows he he knows what just happened. Like if he if he knew where he finished, the math wasn't very hard to do from there. So, but anyways, yeah, good good race. Eli Tomac, Jeremy Martin, four fifty debut. Man, what a race for him. Led ten laps or whatever, nine ten laps, and I think good things are coming from him. Some of them guys can ride four fifties better than they can the little bikes, and I think he may be one. Of, we'll see, but I think he may be one of them. Yeah, so. I think I I had him in like fourth. I think on on pulp last week. I think. Mathis asked me like what I thought the finish was going to be, and I said I think I called him for fourth or no, I said sixth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. six, yeah, six for sure. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I was happy with that. He was riding his butt off. Definitely, I liked it. Definitely, the guy who made the most passes went from twenty second to seventh. We know who that is, TJ. I just want to point that bag out. Bag it. We know exactly hey, who that is. I'm a Baggett fan too, bro. I am too, man. He's made a believer out of me. That I'm just legit. saying, like that's that's a lot. 22nd to 7th, yeah. that's, that's like, a He lot. will that's, win yeah, some 450 races eventually. <laughs> yes. Nah, he's coming into his own. What is Blake, like 24 or 5 years old now? He's got he got his man muscles coming in, you know, like you get in mid-20s. It's closer that stuff. to being he 100%. Ride the bigger bike. Plus, he's on a damn good KTM. Yeah. They don't make a better one than that, and he's doing well. Well, they um, his wrist is obviously getting better, and that leads me to my next question. I was talking to a buddy of mine today about uh, talking about um, to, uh, Roxon with his surgery and how the doctors are saying it could be career ending, but he's all being positive about it. I mean, all uh, all Black Baggett did was break his wrist, and it caused ye- a couple years of of no movement, all this kind of stuff. 
I, Kenny's is way worse. Though. I know. It's way worse. I mean, that's his point. I think. It's, I mean, so, look, there's got there is some truth to mind over matter. He's being positive. He's going to work his butt off. Here's one. Yeah. Here's one difference, though. I want to point out. Roxon broke his left arm. Baggett broke his right. Really. Yeah, that's that's a really hand, yeah. That'll help. Now, I still think they that the Roxon thing is. I still think that Roxon thing is way, way, way worse than anybody wants to let on right now. Yeah. And I, I hate to say it, but I think that may be it. I just think that. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm not. I hope Negative I'm not. Negative Nancy. No, no. <laughs> From somebody who's broken their arm severely, and his is, I mean, I had a fixation device identical to that in my arm at one point, and my, his was way worse than mine and mine took several years to get recovered from so it uh i'm just saying now i'm not a top level athlete nor did i have the money to have the doc, the medical care he does but uh hey can we uh do, does he know what time we're calling it 7 15 yeah right, yeah billy well, yeah he's all right guys everybody go ahead and enter uh guest tonight the one and only billy whitley he uh texas legend we're also going to have mr john anderson from w wheels on some of you will know who that is hopefully most of you know who that is and here we go. Starting it off right. It started yeah, off right. Yeah, Billy was bad, dude. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Waiting for him to pick up. He might be out hunting right now. That's all right. He's a big hunter. Your call has been fired. Oh, oh, denied. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, denied. hang on. Let me text him. Yeah. Denied. He didn't want to answer. TJ. Uh, he didn't want to answer the phone for TJ's. Yeah, you guys talk was, for a minute. So. No, that's cool. Just back to the back to the arm thing. I mean, what do you do? Like, I hate it. At least, at least, hopefully, he has made enough money to retire, which I assume he probably has. Yeah. At this point, yeah. and I don't. I just don't see how you get back from that. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just, he'll be fine. Ten surgeries, though, bro. Ten. Come on. That, yeah. There's something wrong there. And there's going to be scar tissue. There's going to be all kinds of. If issues. you have three surgeries, something's up. Yeah. Ten, you know. I don't know what all they're fixing, but speaking of uh, this weekend, Adam Cincerillo, I mean, I just saw like a big, huge sigh of relief from him. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just on the podium, he was, you could just tell that he was. I still got this. Yes. I can still do this. Oh, thank yeah. the Lord. I finally showed that I had, you know, what I have. Hopefully that shuts Yeah, and he, didn't, he made a comment about winning some races now, too, that he, I think that he's got something for him now and. Yeah, we got a three rider battle now in the two fifty East. Right. Yeah, there's a, it's nine point spread between the top three. So Cincerillo is nine points out of it, which is not far at all. Right. That is one bad race yep. from each of the top two guys from the two guys in front of him. Which Osborne kind of had a bad weekend this weekend. He still ended up okay, I think. Yeah, he was fourth but, on the first I mean, lap, and Savacci then... stayed behind Cincerillo the whole damn race. So, right. So I mean, that's that says something to me. You know, yeah, go ahead and see if we can get him back on the phone, Bob. Maybe he won't. Maybe he won't give you the shoulder this time. <laughs> totally cool guy, man. He won't talk to you. Hello, Billy Whitley. What's up? How are you? I am absolutely wonderful. No, oh, welcome to Moto X Pod Show. We appreciate you coming on tonight. Yep, no worries. Jamie said you were probably out hunting, had something else to do. They <laughs> <laughs> sat here talk to us. <laughs> yeah, I was telling these guys you're a big time, big time hunter, tour, tour yeah, guide. Yeah, we do do a little bit of it. Yeah. Right on, right on. Now, you live down in Lufkin area, correct? Are you from there? That's correct. Yeah. That's a heck of an area to hunt. Yeah, man. Um, so I was telling these guys, you know, you've got quite a career that we could probably do a whole show on you just about. Um, 
You still with us? It'd ben? Have to be, yep. If, if, yep. If, so. if it was the whole show about me, it would only be a couple of minutes. Ah, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I've seen, man. We've been looking yeah. in the, uh, the, uh, the, the racer X vault, looking at old results and, and, uh, Man, you you've been doing this a while, Billy. You I, I think you got plenty to talk about. <laughs> so well, I appreciate that. You know, the vault goes back and shows you having some top tens back in the the mid eighties. It's like ninth at San Diego, ninth at Seattle. Um, you know, and I'm sure you started out in Texas outdoors, right, racing against guys like Terry Tenney. I mean, what was your upbringing in motocross? Um, I actually, when I started, it was the early seventies. Um, and there was a local track here in Lufkin and, uh, did that for a few years and enjoyed it obviously. And then, um, uh, expanded out from there and just, you know, then I started doing the Houston races, the Dallas races. And yeah, obviously had a lot of battles with Terry Tinney and a lot of other guys that were really a lot better than me, but, um, just had a, had an awesome career. Yeah. I, I moved to Texas in 91 and I remember hearing your name a lot and I'd see you at Swan. That was pretty much the only track I went to at that time. And just, you and Dennis Hawthorne were big names for us as amateur kids watching. And, uh, man, you just had a lot to offer. And if I'm not mistaken, you were maybe managing or something like that along the line, like uh, Christy Sheely and Deanne Wood at that time? Well, actually, I didn't have anything to do with D, but okay. um, I worked with Christy for about a year and a half. Okay. And uh, won a couple of championships with her. And, um, you know, and then on from there, I, I started my own race program. Well, I was a general – I was a manager one year after that for Primal Impulse. Right. Oh, wow. And uh, and then I went and started my own race team, and then I had that team going for 13 years. That would have been the Kawasaki team up in uh... – Well, we were on – we started on Suzuki's and ended on Cowie. Okay, okay, good deal. How did you get involved with that side of it? How did you go from racing amateur races to eventually becoming a team – I guess you were an owner of the Cernix Kawasaki team, is that right? I, I was, yeah. Um, It, it was kind of strange how that started – we were at Loretta Lynn's, and I was talking to Dave Anilak, and I can't remember the gentleman at the time that owned Thor. Um, but we were running different ideas around um, about race teams and this and that. And, I, you know, they were wanting to go supercross racing, and I said, why don't we go arena cross racing? And one thing led to another, and by the end of the week at Loretta's, we had decided we were going to do an arena cross team. And we actually put a team together that year of Jimmy Gaddis and Jeremy Buell, and went one and two, and I think we won probably, I don't remember the exactly, but I want to say we won like 85 or 90% of the main events that year. Very nice. Wow. And yeah. that was with Dave Anilak with Tough Racing. Right. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, Anilak's still around doing the deal, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From what I know, I, you know, and I haven't, I haven't talked to him in the last few years, but, I mean, he was, he was definitely instrumental in, in getting me from the writing side of things into the management side of things. Yeah, that guy's been around for a long time. I guess his team's doing pretty well this year in Arena Cross. So, what do you what do you feel like your highlights are? What do you what are your favorite memories of your pro career racing Supercross? You know, um a lot of great memories. Um probably and I don't remember the year. I want to say it was 91 or 92 i think i had four or five top fives that year i never made a podium um but i had you know i had some top fives and some solid finishes i led some led some main events um so that year was probably my my funnest year because i actually made a little bit of money right um 
enough to at least make it to the next race. Um, you know, and uh, another highlight would have been Daytona one year. I rode Daytona on the, and the, well, now it's lights and 450, but back then it was 125 and 250. Rode both classes with no mechanic and made both main events. And um, actually finished fifth or sixth or something like that in the 125 and then finished 20. One or twenty-two back then. They took thirty to the main. Yeah, I've got you. As, you know, so that was a that was a pretty cool accomplishment just to do that with no mechanic and do it by myself. Yeah, I have you at sixth in nineteen eighty-seven at Daytona. That's that's pretty yep. amazing. Yeah, that's legit. So in all those years, did you 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 said doing it yourself, no mechanic? Did you not ever get any team support of any kind? I know it was a lot different industry back then. No, I, I really didn't. You know, I was always I was always just a little bit short of getting getting a good ride. I always got support. Kawasaki was always big supporter of mine, and Yamaha was there for a couple of years, but I never really got the big break. Um, so for the most part, you know, I had the old Ford Econo line van. <laughs> Terry Tini and I traveled around the country, and um, I I traveled some with Jason Lankford and a couple other guys. Um, so really, I, I I just didn't get the support that a lot of guys did get. I'm right. not saying that I I deserved it at all. I'm just saying that I just didn't quite break into that type of support program you know and um but at the end of the day it was a good it was a good run yeah for sure i mean looking at some of your results i mean today that would get you a pretty decent contract i would think you know i mean you were very competitive and i mean you know you're you're a very personable guy also so it's crazy that you didn't have more help yeah but there's a lot more teams out there now too and there's a lot more support you know nowadays if you're making the main event you're on a good team yeah, right, right. Um, there's very few, and, and my hat's off to the privateers that do make the main event. But for the most part, if you're making the main event, you're on a good program. Exactly. Uh, and I was looking back, and it looked like you rode Kajivas for a little while. How'd that work out? My phone just went dead. I can hear you. Can you not hear us? <laughs> oh, you, uh, okay. Well, we'll drop that subject then. Okay. Were you on Kajivas you know, about the same time Mike Healy was? I was, yeah, and uh, Mike Young. And, and what happened on that whole deal, um, 87, I went to Guatemala, and uh, I rode a Kajiva in Guatemala in 87. And some of the Italians were there, and then 88, I signed a, that was a, actually a factory ride that I had with Kajiva in 88, which if you want to call it that, um, <laughs> had a salary, no mechanic, unlimited bikes, unlimited parts, which I thought that was going to be great, which it wasn't. Um, because I didn't realize how many bikes and how many, how many parts I was going to have to have. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it was funny. I won some races on those things. And, uh, and then 80 going into 89, um, they owed me a bunch of money and, and kind of used that to leverage me signing another contract with them, um, in order for me to get my money and then, um, rode those things another year. And I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, I think it was the Tarrant County event for the arena cross back then, um, 250 main event on Friday night, I broke a chain running whatever place. Don't even have a clue where I was at. I laid the thing down on the floor and I walked out <laughs> after the event. My kid came up and said, Hey, you need to get your bike. And I told him, no, I said, somebody can have it. I said, I don't even want that, that thing. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't even know if I ever went back and got it, to be honest with you. I don't know if I've don't remember what happened to the bike after that. I don't even think I. I don't think I loaded it up that night. Wow, um, that, that thing. So I don't was even that know where a... that. <laughs> don't even know where that thing went. It may but, still be there. But, yeah, they but just... that was my last ride on a Kajiva, and um, the next morning I went and bought Suzuki's 
and ended up winning Saturday night on stock Suzuki's. Nice. Um, nice. And nice. I think that was the back then I think that was the Tarrant County uh, before it went to the you know to Fort Worth. Right. But, but it, was, it was a funny story anyway. Yeah, know? that's <laughs> No, that's, that's an awesome story. That thing was that that it was that much of a pile just to screw it. Leave it there. They really they really were as far as riding on the US tracks. Um on the on the GP style tracks that were hard packed, slick, fast, they were good bikes. Um, you know, like Carlsbad, for an example. Um, I won an event down at Carlsbad one time on my Kajiva that shouldn't have won, but at the same time, they were good bikes on on less technical, really fast, hard-packed tracks right. like the GP tracks were back then. Right. But the U.S. tracks being rough, rutted, you know, that style of track, they weren't, um, they weren't competitive. Well, go ahead. Um, well, I, you know, I, I met you um, through Michael Gage. He's a mutual friend. You know, that's how I kind of got to know you and your wife, Angie, a little bit. And mm-hmm. he wanted me to ask you about the 1992 Acapulco International Supercross, where you, <laughs> you battled with Tenny and Raynard and Mickey Diamond and Chicken won the whole thing. He, uh, he thought that was a pretty enjoyable story. And what, what are your recollections of that? You know, it was a funny deal because I was some solo rider back then. And um, I called Bob Rathcamp, and uh, which Bob and I were great friends back then. We're still friends today. And I needed the money so bad, you know, and that was basically a Fox um, a Fox event. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Fox did, they, they, they built that one single event for all the Fox riders as a bonus type thing. And, um, and I was friends with the guys at Fox as well. And, and I called Bob and I said, hey. Is there any way I can go do this one single event and wear Fox gear? He said, absolutely. So Fox allowed me to go do it and um, paid us all really good money to show up down there. And we stayed at a at a full-on, pretty much a five-star resort and pitted out of the resort oh, cool, and nice. rode our bikes from the resort um, to the Supercross track <laughs> and just had a great time. I mean, it was a, it was a real laid-back event. Um, but, you know, just it was a lot of fun. I didn't... I don't even know where I finished. I think I finished top ten. I'm not even positive where I finished at that event, but it was a it was a fun event. Yeah. And back then Robbie Rayner was like fifteen years old and super or like it like he always was, just super fast. Right. They had pictures all I remember pictures all over the magazines of that race and with because, oh, yeah. because of Rayner back right. then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like either you or Tinny were actually leading the heat for a little bit and then Rayner took the lead, I guess, towards the end. Yeah, and you know and Man, it's been so long ago, I don't even remember, to be right, honest. Right, right. Um, um, but Tenny and I, you know, that guy, he was he was really, really good at getting us gigs all around the world. Um, and, and Terry and I, and, and, and a lot of people didn't even realize what we were doing because the way the way we were going about it. But Terry and I traveled all through, all through Europe, um, all through Central America, down to South America, and... Um, he he probably helped me make more money than anybody else in my career. Really, uh, and, and we had a great time doing it. Uh, there there was about three years there that Terry and I traveled a lot. Terry's still pretty fast. I I, I yeah, just met him about a year ago at Village for the first time, and man, he was flying. Yeah, yeah. I talked to him about uh, typically, you know, once every four or five months. I'll talk to him. Now, Billy, are you still riding? Or are you still involved with the sport at all? None whatsoever. Um, my son, well, my oldest son got paralyzed at 16 
and that slowed us down a bit and my youngest one was still racing at the time and then um he got into my youngest one got into wakeboarding yeah and once he got into wakeboarding i'll go to a handful of events a year i mean i, I try to make at least one swan event um we're going to go to Vegas this year, me and a couple of buddies, and hang out and watch. But as far as me being directly involved, I'm not involved in anything as far as with motocross. Okay. I guess you put your time in, though, huh? Quite a few years involved and time to relax and enjoy everything else, huh? Yeah, and, you know, and the thing about it, I enjoyed the race team aspect of it probably more than I enjoyed um, racing because when I had the race team, I could hire guys that could win championships. Um. You know, I had Buddy Antonez for five arena cross championships, and I'm not saying any of this patting myself on the back because I didn't do it. The guys done it. You should pat um, yourself on the back. That's pretty legit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and we won. I don't even know. We won four or five Canadian Outdoor National Championships. Um, you know, and then I had a couple of other arena cross championships, and it was just that portion of it to me was probably more. I probably got more out of that than I did racing myself. Um, you know, just because we were winning championships and I was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't under the gun to train and, you know, right. and, and be at the top of my game week in, week out. Uh, and I was very fortunate to have lots of very, very talented riders ride for me over the years. I mean, I had Robbie Raynard one year, you know, and um, we beat Carmichael at Millville come from behind Carmichael and beat him at Millville. That was the Primal um, Impulse team, correct? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I still have one of and those then, Primal Impulse stickers. That, that is a toolbox. legendary ride you're talking about. People still talk about oh, it. Oh, it was, to this it was day. unbelievable. Yeah. It was it was amazing. Um and we should have won the overall that day, but we in my opinion, and this is just my opinion looking back on it, um one of the head head guys from the factory came over and remapped my ignition three minutes before we went to the starting line, which was foolish, but you know, that was their call, not my call. Right. And you know, and it caught, I think that cost us the win on the day, but, but Robbie Raynard that day was <clears throat> phenomenal. That's the, the fastest I've ever seen a, anybody ride a 125. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah, it was amazing. That, that, like I say, I hear Mathis still talk about that on the Pulp Show quite a bit. Yeah, that's a good. Oh, idea. it was it was nuts. He was he was going so <laughs> fast. We were we were running four to six seconds a lap faster than Carmichael. That's insane. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Rainer could still ride a one twenty five. You see what he did at Loretta's last year? Yeah, that's nuts. He's a. Uh... Oh yeah, that that guy's going to be fast until forever. Right. He, he's my hero. He'll be riding he really a plus is. eighty at Loretta's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. That's probably true. Yeah. That's probably true. Man, you did. Uh, you had a, a long, awesome career, and uh, I, I like hearing that the uh, the team the team owner thing meant so much to you because you don't hear a lot of guys that would probably say that they you know their own careers would seem would would do more for them but man what what an accomplishment in that and uh yeah yeah and i and i definitely appreciate that i was gonna say uh my last year that i had that program i had josh demuth and troy adams nice and that was almost like having buddy antonez and denny stevenson all over. <laughs> i was about to say i bet demuth and stevenson could give each other a run for their own money yeah. you know? but we had we had the best time that year and we all kind of knew you know, it was kind of unspoken, but I think in all of our minds, we knew we were at the end, and uh, it was a phenomenal year. You know, we didn't win a championship. We had the Montreal Supercross one, and a, and a lap rider 
um, not on not on purpose at all, but a lap rider took us out on the last lap. Oh, wow. Um, so that cost us the Montreal Supercross win, which was our final race as a team. Yeah. Um, and I guess that would have been Josh's final um, professional Supercross event, you know. Um, but but it was it was a cool year, you know, and a lot of great memories. I was looking back through some photos the other day, and and uh, we accidentally ran a rent car off in a pond. <laughs> accidentally, huh? Yeah, uh, I hate when that accidentally happens. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> So, I, so when Josh ran the car off in the pond, we ended up using it for a diving board. We uh, <laughs> now these are the I've, kind of stories I was talking about. Yes, and I've got photos to prove that. Nice. Um, but you know, I, I talked to Josh a few weeks ago for probably thirty minutes on the phone one night, and uh, it was just it was really neat catching up with him because I haven't talked to him in a while, you know, and just talking about what each of us have been doing and that type sure. of stuff. But, um, yeah, he was on the show a few weeks ago. I'll tell you what, talking to Josh Demuth is about his, uh, he has got the best attitude about life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and there was events to where, you know, we would, we, we should have won honestly in hindsight. Well, not in hindsight, we should have won the championship that year. Right. And we got taken out by one of the other team riders that wasn't even in the championship, but his teammate was. Um, blatantly taken out. It was a horrible deal. Josh got knocked out. We had to carry him to the hospital. You know, long story. And the following week, we might have had a week off. I don't remember. But the next event, um, the guy is actually ahead of Josh. Josh is like in fourth or fifth. And this this guy, I'm not even going to call his name, but he's a U.S. guy too. Um, he was in third or second. And uh me in my uh, very upset mindset at the time, you know, I had my mechanic put the guy's name on the pit board and get it right out in front of him and, right. you know, and make sure Josh seen it because I wanted Josh to clean his clock. <laughs> um, you know, and whether, and that's not right, but at the same time, that, that literally cost us the championship that year in Canada. No, I understand. It's, Trust me. And, it's hard to let that go. And Josh caught him, passed him smooth, didn't even didn't even come close to touching him and just went on and i was like you know what that's a that's a true hero right there you know and that's a true champion for sure yeah josh um, has this aggressive look but he's such a nice friendly guy he really is oh absolutely good one, of, one of my favorite definitely one of my favorite yeah but to finish that story when troy adams caught the guy Troy punted him, so. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. Troy said, so in the, not in the, today, son. In, yep. In the team meeting later, you know, I told Josh, I said, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of you. Right. And, uh, and I said, that's, that's you know, to me, a true champion. And uh, Troy said, well, I'm not such a nice guy. Am I? I said, no, you're not. And I'm glad you've done it. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'm, wow. prou I'm proud of you too, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Way. That's what I told him. Yeah. Uh. That's awesome. But, uh, well, Billy, I tell you what, we really appreciate your time. It has been fun getting to know you a little bit on here and hearing about hearing these. The, we, I could sit here all night and ask you questions about this stuff, and, 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 I, and I'd never get tired. You'd get tired of me, but I'd be all I'd be okay. So uh, yeah, there's really, a lot of a lot of funny stuff for sure. Oh man, well I yeah. tell you what, we really appreciate it, and uh, thanks again, man. Yep. Thanks, man. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to uh, jump in the back seat with Denny Humphreys one of these days and, or jump in the passenger seat of that vet and come down and see you and hang out. There you go. Because <laughs> I, I hear some fun times happen when, when all of y'all get oh, together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. we, uh, 
with having my son wakeboarding, it's a, it's a lot of fun. You know, we yeah. all, we go out pretty much every Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, and I'll tell you another one, Dennis Daft. I don't know if you guys had him on yet. No, but I know no, the name. I'd love to. I know who that is for sure. Yeah. Awesome, awesome guy, you know, Oklahoma guy, but he's living in, I think he's living in the Dallas area now, but his son is one of the top professional wakeboarders in the country right now. Oh, wow. Or making his way up. Yeah. You know, he's he's doing really, really good. Matter of fact, I just got the new wakeboard magazine in yesterday, and he's on the cover. Oh, cool. Um, so Dennis Daff would be a good one for you guys to get in touch with, you know, and he's riding again now. He's riding the vintage stuff. Yeah, I saw him at uh, Johnsonville yep, a few weeks yep. ago. Yep. Yep. So. Yep, and he, he's – him and Rodney Wigington, they're riding a lot together. And, I mean, you know, Dennis is an awesome guy, too, to – to get some stories from because he was he's been around forever yeah yeah i got to hang out with him a little bit rodney's daughter and i've been friends for oh probably 20 something years and um cool man it's uh he, he he seems like a good guy i'm gonna try to get him on for sure yep perfect thanks billy thanks billy tell all Angie right, we said hi i will thank you guys all right thanks again thanks. bud billy whitley ladies and gentlemen texas legend billy whitley yeah, I didn't realize he had actually owned the team. Oh, I knew. You didn't yeah, know? Yeah. No, I didn't. I got didn't. a brake rotor from one of my Cowies one time from that. It was just left over from the team. It had been used, but it was fine. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. But, uh, man, what a cool dude right yeah, there. Yeah, very friendly. Cool. That, Love those old stories. I want to sit down and listen to some more of those old stories. We ought to get him back on just for that one. Yeah. Day, just listen to Billy Whitley's stories. Just let him talk. Let him talk. Just, we'll <laughs> shut up because we need to anyway and, and let it go. Like an unplugged edition. Just yeah, I knew we wouldn't have time talk. to get into all that kind of stuff. But, there's, man, even like with Shan, those guys, are so many of the, the behind-the-scenes stories that would be entertaining but it's interesting yeah. when you sit around talking to him you get all those stories it's great and but when you're putting a mic in front of them they usually want to tame it down a little right, bit right some of those stories he was talking about rodney wigginton a minute ago i think it's rodney's niece actually i'm friends with i'm a dumb yeah. dumb i can't remember <laughs> it's all right remember remember Lori? She nobody, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah nobody's gonna but, fact uh, check that hi Lori. Anyway. if you're listening i think she listens so give her a shout out on here she is uh, the biggest jeremy mcgrath fan i've ever seen in my life she she loved him but uh anyways guys we're gonna go to commercial break and we'll be right back yep Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Yo, TJ. What's up, man? Do you need an upgrade to your drivetrain? Well, you know I do. Well, man, you need to get it in gear with PMP Sprockets. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't think of that before. But why would I go to PMP Sprockets? Because they have colors for all makes and models. And they even offer sprockets for street bikes. So I can ride my KTM on the street? Yes, TJ. You can ride your KTM on the street. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, if you go to PMPSprockets.com and type in DarkSideMX3 at checkout, you'll save some money. How about that? I like saving money. You like saving money? Yeah, this, I like saving money. This podcasting stuff, I'm going broke. I was I was broke before I got here, so and I have no money, so there we go. Hey, Facebook slash PMP Sprockets, check them out online, PMPSprockets.com, or call Kim and the crew and tell them Moto X Pod sent you.
In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. All right, welcome back. Moto X Pod Show. Man, I'm still over here just like grinning from that Billy Whitley interview. That is a cool dude right there. So, well, guys, it's motocross time in Texas again. It is the Nationals. The Nationals are back. TJ, why don't you give us a little bit of the rundown of what's happening there? We've got Oak Hill this weekend with the GNC, and um, I'll get to be there and help announce that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And they give, you know, that that race, they have a Supercross on on Friday. And they ended on Saturday, and then start doing motos. It was so like, like a tame down amateur supercross track. Yeah, yeah. That's what they have, like. What they do at minios. Kind of the same thing. So they'll do the supercross, the supercross days, and then they'll go to that. And then after that, one of the one of the big nationals, I guess, one of they call it the majors. Now they're starting to give them names like baseball and all was that. It the kind JS Seven race. The JS Seven. Yeah. I'm unfortunately going to miss it. My son's going to be there. We got. He's going to go with Stockton Steinball, who. Stockton local kid won the uh, 250C junior class at Daytona. Oh wow! Yeah, he got the congrats, got first, dude. Nice first overall. Um, another Texas, I guess, transplant. Ethan Mann um, got yeah, a, got Ethan's first qu- place. Ethan's quick. Yeah, I know got a first place is. out there. Championship at Daytona. So um, yeah, and that's, those are great kids. Uh, they have a bright, very very bright future. So while they're out there having fun at the JS7 race, you'll be with me at FedEx. I will be working delivering at FedEx. people shit for them. Probably working on trucks. <laughs> Probably yeah. working on trucks. Working on trucks. Do you have yeah. the dates on that? What weekend is the JS7? It's well, we got we have GNC this week, and then the next week is JS7. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So I mean, it's, the weekend I'm on call, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, weekend you're on call. <laughs> so stinks. hopefully, um, maybe we can get some of the amateur kids who do some winning at the GNC yeah. and then at JS7 on. I think that'll be that'll be cool. Let's talk to him. I think we can get definitely a Brandon Walters is going to be somebody to watch. He's I got to watch him. He's getting even faster on that. Um, what's it called? The 125. Mm-hmm. As he's starting to get more comfortable on it because we had a the Loretta's qualifier. The second one, the first one from up here, was last weekend at Johnsonville. Um, it was good. I mean, the track did not get near as rough as it did during the winter series. The boys better be glad about that. Mm. Well, I think what happened is, and I didn't get a chance to talk to Cole, so I don't want to put words in his mouth, but from running tracks and then helping build tracks, it looked like we had big chances of huge rain they all weekend. They probably didn't over water then. And, well, it wasn't the water. It water just fine. I don't think he disked it as deep or, or oh, ripped well, it as yeah, deep yeah, there, yeah. because gotcha. of that. Um, I don't blame him. You gotta you gotta play it safe, man. Because had he done that and it come a rain, <laughs> you'd have had a swamp out yeah, there. Yeah, but we had know? some really good racing uh, with a lot of guys, and it it was just a really really great weekend of um of Loretta's qualifying. A lot of fast kids showed up, and was good for some of the kids because obviously some of the really fast kids were at Daytona. So yeah, well that's true. That's true. Well, 
and got to give a shout out to uh, Tyler Jackson. He's been on the show before. He lives here and trains with my son. He wadded himself up, hit neutral going over the step down. Get well soon, Tyler. Yeah, he just Try got to weed yourself after this. <laughs> just got out of surgery, so he's got some titanium in there. And I was telling his dad, I. I once they put that titanium in, I don't think you can ride the stock class anymore. Yeah, you're legit. When you have titanium <laughs> in your bikes, I got some too. You're legit when they put that in there. But he, so, um, but he's back. We, my son qualified in two of the classes, got second in 450C. Good job, Doc. Riding so, 250, 450C. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and talking to some of the fast parents, I think that the that, fast parents. Yes. Yeah, well, the fat the of the of the parents of the fast it. kids. I got you. I got Anyways, you. Anyways, they say that the. 450C winds up being just another 250C at Loretta's. Well, fast parents, if you run into Timmy Ferry anywhere, you'll know that's the truth. He's a fast parent. Yeah, you know, that's got true. got a fast kid, too. Yeah. But yeah, good weekend of racing. Sounds like on, a, on, an, ama- on an awesome, amazing track. I love Johnsonville. That track is awesome. Seriously I, awesome. I'm super excited about this Oak Hill deal because yeah. I'm, I did not realize it until this year that it, they had the Supercross deal, and I'm kind of interested to see how some of these kids do on that dude i'm ashamed of myself speaking of oak hill i have not been on that track since 2010 i ought to be i ought to be kicked in the rear end tj well they've got the um because that is that is a cool track too they had that that scramble cross there and then the weekend after js7 they've got the second round of the torn series so i was is moto masters hitting oak hill this year Yes. I'll be at that round Yes, for I sure. think that is the, the first weekend of April. I'll be blowing that 1st. 125 up in the sand out there. But uh, what you got? Yeah, I got the number. All right. Well, yeah, let, let's go ahead and bring our next guest on. He is a, he's a pretty uh, influential guy in the industry, and he's all around just a cool dude at, anyway. So 714. Let's see what he He's a California That's, guy, man. Oh, yep. is it? That, yeah, yeah. It's California. So okay. I thought that was Houston. You would think that. Hello? John Anderson. Yes, sir. How are you, sir? Very good. Thank you. Thank you. This is Mark. I'm sitting here with uh, Darkside and uh, our producer, TJ. It's Moto X Pod Show. Sounds great. How's everybody doing? We're good. We're good. We appreciate you coming on tonight, man. We're just sitting here shooting the, shooting the shit, if you will, not really saying anything. <laughs> That's why we're calling you. We, yep. need to, we need to talk to somebody who knows a thing or two. We just had Billy Whitley on, and uh, we're moving nice. moving on to you and uh, – for those that don't know, you are you and your wife, the owners of W Wheels USA, the best wheels in motocross. Yes, they are. W- yes, they are. And well, uh, thank you. yeah, we just wanted to get you involved and hear a little bit about your history, not only with the company, but your your history with motocross and racing in general. And and Whitley set the bar really high for you. So. You got- <laughs> Well, plus he's a hometown uh, hero guy for you guys, right? He I'm is. from California, so don't hold that against hey. me, please. No, <laughs> no yeah. we, we love it out there, too. I'm originally I, from San Diego, so. Well, I don't, nice down there I, I don't well, sound so like it anymore, but I, I, I Jamie, am, Jamie's I'm a California boy. Jamie's lived in Texas long enough now that they, we've taken over him. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. Well, well, John, what's going, on, what's going on in the world of W Racing right now? Well, um, well, I appreciate you guys having me on your program. Um, you know, right now we're—it's—I think for the whole industry, it's a—it's a—it's a good time in that uh, you know, and different people I talk to, it could be pipe guys and and could be brake guys or whatever, graphics guys. It's a busy time of the, the year for I think everybody in our industry. Um, you know, hopefully people are the, the manufacturers are selling bikes and all that right now. But you know, we've just been busy with. <clears throat> um, kind of maintaining i think at this point when supercross is 
leading up to Supercross, it gets really, really busy in, I would say, six weeks prior. And the reason it's so far out is because a lot of the teams are still coming together. Right. Uh, quite honestly, a lot of them are trying to decide really something as simple as what color do they want to run. You know, the graphics companies are doing stuff and they're trying to make sponsors happy and all that. The manufacturers, maybe in the case like Husqvarna, you know, Rockstar Husky, they want, you know, in the past they've run a magnesium color. This year they wanted silver talon hubs because they want to more replicate the stock look, right? But they don't want to run the stock hubs. Right. So, you know, <laughs> leading up to the season, it gets real busy. Uh, when, when Supercross is on the West Coast, um, it's real busy. I mean, I go to the first uh, five rounds in our, our van kind of just to be there. It's not so much really to have wheels in the van. I mean, it could be bearing seals, spare spokes, or whatever for stuff that can happen. But, you know, now that Supercross has moved to the east a few weeks ago, it's kind of, I guess you would say, maintenance, I guess. And then, you know, we're pretty involved in racing, of course, but our day-to-day stuff is with our, really the most important thing, really, what keeps the lights on for all of us in this business are our dealers and uh, and our distributors because they sell to the, the retail guys. You right. Know? So we don't want to forget about them, and and that's a huge priority and uh, uh, for us. So, uh, yeah, man, we're just, uh, we had a meeting today about our, our new catalog and some new additions to that. So it's a good time right now. We, uh, right before we got you on, my name's TJ. We had had the, um, talk about the amateur nationals kind of firing off here with it. Daytona last weekend, then the GNC yep. right here in our backyard, JS seven right here in our backyard. Do you notice an increase in business with amateur stuff? I mean, is that, or is it like not really like just a drop in the bucket compared to what you deal with, with the, with the pros? Um, we actually do see some of that. We, we're we're kind of, you know, we're not just in motocross, supercross, whatever, right? We're we're involved in GNCC with a, with a couple of programs, so the Beta team and Randy Hawkins and Pro Racing Yamaha team. Uh, we work with those guys. And the amateur front, we, we do stuff with the Blue Crew, um, uh, certainly Team Green. Some of those kids run our product. We've even done a little deal with some of Chris Wheeler's amateur kids at Suzuki. And we've been a longtime supporter of the KTM Orange Brigade. So a lot of those guys, to be honest with you, their stuff is kind of done, uh, you know, months ago. It really right. is because that's, I would say, the, the Ricky Carmichael race, that's kind of, you know, I think you may agree, that's kind of the kickoff for racing uh, in 2017, say, right? Sure. So a lot of those guys already have their stuff done. I mean, there might be some smaller ones. I don't mean it in a bad way, but there might be guys last minute Oh man, you know we we got accepted. We got our entry in. We're going. Yeah. Uh, you know our, our our rims are square, and man, we need some good race wheels. And we'll see a little bit with that. But yeah, most of that stuff's already, for the most part, done. There are the occasional red label, blue label. We need it. We need it to the hotel, and and we'll get that done. But otherwise, everything's pretty much handled. Well, I've got a two part question for you here. You know, somebody yeah. such as myself, I talked to you a few weeks ago about getting me some wheels. How yep. long does it take from the time if I said I want a set of wheels? Yeah, you know, I want I want to order a set of wheels. How long does it take to build those? And in conjunction with that, when Yamaha came to you and wanted the blue wheels, how yep. much leeway time did you have to come up with that and get those built? Well, Jamie, uh, as far as that goes, <coughs> I answer the first part on the uh, wheel orders. Okay, uh, we 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 invest pretty heavily in our inventory, but you know. 
Um, sometimes that can be knocked down, and then it does, you know, our talent hubs are brought in from England. Mm-hmm. Uh, our kite stuff is brought in from Italy. I mean, that's just where our products are made. And so, but, but like, say, red Hondas or orange KTM or blue Honda, whatever, that stuff we keep on the shelf. Our, our thing has always been uh, that we wanted to do 24 to 36 hours turnaround. Not that it takes that long to build it, obviously, but more so when we get the order, that's what we try and shoot for, the window of time. So if a guy calls, you know, on a Monday and we're shipping the wheels by Wednesday. Wow. I will tell you this time of the year, um, you know, plus our distributors, Tuckeraki and Western Power Sports, right now they put in some pretty, you know, good orders. So those are, you know, those are rather large orders. So that, that, that lead time kind of gets, moved a little bit right with that being said though you know for our dealers and whatnot you know our support riders whatever we still are real good about putting them in slotting them in to get their stuff done in other words we're not going to fill necessarily uh, an order of you know a hundred wheels for like one of our distributors not that we don't appreciate their business but we have to maintain the other part of the business as well you know we got to ship stuff out the door sure so that's the answer on that one Secondly, I will tell you on the, the the Yamaha thing, that was really a fun project for us. Um, what happened is we're actually, and I'm, 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 I, it's pretty cool for us, to be honest with you, but we're DID's largest customer of RIMS, okay? So what happened is uh, Yamaha reached out to DID, that's who sponsors them, and said, right. hey, we want to run blue RIMS. They don't do blue RIMS. Well, DID knows that we do it. You know, we have anodizers and we do it. So then uh, Keith McCarty had called me, and we've, we've always had a relationship with Keith and Mike and Jimmy and all those guys at Yamaha. They know who we are, and, and we all see each other at functions and certainly at races. And so sure. Keith called and just said, hey, I want to do these blue rims. This goes back a couple months, about six weeks prior to the start of the season. And obviously there was a lot of secrecy with that, right. you know, because – they didn't want anybody to see that until the really until the press conference for A1. So they reached out to us and we uh, we we did it. They basically kind of hired us and we did it. And I think we did 60 rims, 30 sets, and uh, we got it done. And that debuted at, at A1. And you know, I know some people <laughs> uh, some people were not so much digging on it, but a lot of people media. Uh, magazine guys, um, even on social media, we saw it. And then I think, you know, you guys probably watched all the races if you weren't here oh, yeah. on TV. I mean, those blue rims on the Yamis, I mean, they look, I thought they looked pretty cool. Man. Oh, yeah, I'm really a fan do. too. I'm a fan with, of them With well. the lights on them and stuff. Right. And, and and the cool thing was too, I even, you know, we've always helped Chad even when he, wow, this goes way back, but even when, when I worked at White Brothers, but he, uh, I kind of asked him at, at Friday at A1, hey, you know, what do you think? And he goes, you know, at first I wasn't so sure, but I kind of <laughs> dig it, man. And then I talked to him like almost for the next couple of weeks on Friday, and he'd always ask me, hey, how are rim sales with those blue rims? I go, you know what? It's actually pretty cool, dude. Yeah. It really is, and people are finally taking a liking to them. And uh, it's been really cool. So now we, you know, I mean, we basically take those are black rims that are stripped, polished, and re-anodized and, Got a really cool blue, and um, man, we're we're selling them. People are digging them. Anything Kiefer likes is cool. Yeah. (laughs) What's that? Anything Kiefer likes is cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's it's funny you say that. I know you and Keeper are buddies. <coughs> it's pretty funny. He he texts me. He's all, you know, Keeper's a magazine guy, right? So sure. magazine guys are used to getting just like, hey, I want to do a project bike. I want to do a story, and you yeah. know, you always try and accommodate when you can. <laughs> and he's all, dude, he's all. I can't handle it anymore. Even though Mathis, and you guys know he guest hosts on the Pulp Show, sure. Mathis isn't a big fan, and I've kind of joked with Steve about that. He just is not, he doesn't like him. But that's right. cool. But Kiefer, he's just like, he t- in a text, like, dude, I can't handle it anymore. What's my price on a set of those wheels? I got an album. <laughs> and this is just a magazine guy. And right. He bought them and for his own personal bike. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he digs them. So you should, cool. uh, next time Mathis, I, I don't know if you already sent him his wheels. I know he's doing a project bike. You should send him the blue ones as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, I, I know you guys are all, you know, we all listen to everybody's different shows sure. and whatnot and, and all that. But, uh, um, yeah, Steve, he's, I, I think he might kind of pull back from that a little bit. You know, sometimes he, you know, he likes to help out the privateer guys, which is, quite admirable to be honest with you and then he gets put in these positions where like hey what can i do to help you i think you guys probably have heard those stories oh yeah well you know what i need some wheels and yeah yeah that was totally he bought the guy a set of wheels i mean we gave him a good deal obviously but he he stepped up so yeah i don't i I don't i don't see the old mathis anytime soon putting blue on probably anything (laughs) (laughs) to be honest with you guys well i tell you what they ended up looking really good now tell me this uh john if you so you guys was such a quick turnaround, you must have a heck uh-huh. of a staff over there. Yep. Well, I mean, like I said, that's always. <clears throat> I mean, we have like three, like say, full time wheel builders, and then our guys. I mean, like we learned this back in the day with when I worked at White Brothers, and my wife worked there too. And you know, Tom White always said, "Hey, everybody wears multiple hats in this company," and and he, as the owner, was the first set the phones ringing. Everybody picks it up. Doesn't matter if you're the shipping guy or whatever. You don't have to know, be an expert at everything. But if you don't know the answer, just you know, find out the question and then get back to them. So, the point is, I mean, we have you know, like our guys in say shipping or even up in the front office, um, they know how to loose lace wheels. Our our wheel builder guys, I mean, they're trained if they need to to ship. I mean, we have uh, right now we have nine employees and then my wife and I, you know, so we're everybody's. I mean, heck, I I run stuff to FedEx or the post office or down to our anodizer. Actually, it's kind of a nice break to hop in the van and just you know drive a couple miles. Sure, to get you out of the office, you know. So we're we are a small company, we're a family business, but we also you know we we want to earn everyone's business as well. So that was always a big thing for us is to do a quick turnaround uh, to you know provide good service for our customers absolutely hey, small company but you guys do big things and i think yeah. that's amazing especially because i would have thought you were going to tell me well i got 30 guys in here building wheels for as much volume as you seem to do that's amazing that's really no amazing. i mean each wheel is hand built i mean we used you know a special grease on the threads and all that so they don't seize and every wheel is torqued to a torque spec and all that it's not i mean it used to be a thing uh, and it's the truth okay and I, I give you my word on that. I mean, during the race season, when we're building stuff for Supercross and, and, and our race teams, whether it's Pike, who's gnarly on stuff, or Davey, <laughs> he's gnarly on stuff, right? Mm-hmm. When, when our guys are building stuff, straight up, they don't necessarily know. Because, look, there's not a hub sticker on there, right? right? They, they're just building them. And they don't know if they're building the wheel necessarily for 
uh, a bulldog like Weston Pike or for, you know, for Darkside. Right. They, they, they're all built the same way, the same torque spec, and, and that's just kind of our motto. So it's not a race. I mean, our guys are good. They're real good. But it's not a race. You know what I mean? It's none of this. What's that old thing? Like if you used to get a lemon on a Friday, it must have been done at 4 o'clock or, or whatever, you know, at the <laughs> end of the day Friday. So, yeah, it's none of that. Um, it, it's not, Again, it's not a race. I mean, right. the guys are pretty efficient. We, we, can, we can get some wheels built. Well, I'm sure that's a big reason that you guys are considered the best in the business. You know, you're not just... Well, I, I appreciate not, you saying that. Yeah, you know... Did you? Did you oh no, you got no. Okay. I, I'm a, I agree with what you say, Jamie. They are the standard. Yeah, as far as that you, goes. you've mentioned White Brothers a couple minutes ago. So for yep. people that don't know, your wife, um, her dad, and her uncle, I believe, were, were White Brothers. That's right, right. and yep. that's yep. where the the W for W Wheels came from. Um, how'd you get yep. involved? Well, obviously, you got involved by marrying her. But <laughs> what is your history prior to W with whether it be racing or? You sure. you were involved in the sport to some degree, yeah. What yeah. what was give, give us some background on that before you got into building wheels? Yeah, well, basically, I mean, just like all of us, I mean, as a kid from riding mini bikes to my first, you know, real bike with a with a with a clutch was a Hodaka, you know, way back in the day with a chrome tank. Uh, I mean, we all grew up riding dirt bikes, and then yeah, I think when I was like fifteen, I started racing myself, and that was always my passion. I loved it. And race for a long time. I mean, I got up to intermediate, and eventually I did some local pro stuff, like at Saddleback Park. Some some of your folks might know sure, that place. Yep, yep. Long mm-hmm. been gone, but it's pretty historic. And absolutely, you know, I did that the all the local scene here, and and then just like a lot of us, I I mean, I got to be twenty twenty one. Got hurt pretty good a few times, and I don't know, man. I you guys remember Cycle News, the newspaper? Oh yeah, when it yep. was actually a paper. Oh yeah, I just I don't know, man. I always. I always worked for my dad in construction because it, it was like a flexible schedule and I could ride and train and all that. Anyway, and I saw an ad in, in Cycle News in the back for Help Wanted for White Brothers for a driver. And I don't know, not to bore everybody, but I went down and interviewed with Tom White. And, man, and this was, what was this, probably 85, which wow. kind of tells you just I'm kind of an old dude, but <laughs> anyway, man, he hired me five dollars and fifty cents an hour. And you guys remember the old Chevy Love pickups? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. I rolled out of there in my my powder blue Chevy Love pickup <laughs> with white mag aluminum rims, and I just was like howling, just yelling, like, "Yeah, You're right. I got the job." He hired me, and I got a job in the motorcycle industry. You know, as the driver and and delivering parts and picking up from vendors and anyway man i i i spent jeez i spent well over 20 years there actually and 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 the funny thing is you know to fast forward a little bit in in my time there you know we all start it could be at the grocery store or wherever you work you know i started as a driver went into shipping uh went into receiving went into sales uh worked in suspension doing take apart and then uh, fast forward quite a few years, but uh, in 1996, I got a um, kind of an opportunity to work with uh, a little race team thing that Tom was passionate about with four strokes, and that was a guy named Spud Walters. Tom hired him, mm-hmm. and um, I just kind of did it on my own. Like, you know, weekends I would go on my thing, but I was kind of a white brother guy still, and I don't know, man, I, I did that, and I just loved it. You know, it got to a point where... <clears throat> You know, you'd get your paycheck every two weeks, 
And it's like, oh, wow, it's cool. It's payday again. You weren't right. even thinking about it. You know, you weren't just looking forward to the next check. And I don't know. I, I did that for years. I mean, all through our four-stroke race team with, with Honda and Yamaha with Dubok and Spud and Carpenter. And, you know, and then that kind of went away that they shut that program down. Uh, it was in the transition period that they were selling the company. Right. Uh, Tom Tom had kind of put in his time and had a nice offer to, to move on and, and – uh, yeah. So, I mean, the funny thing is, guys, a lot of people like to kid me about, <clears throat> you married the boss's daughter. Well, <laughs> the funny story is, I, I did, but Tom had already sold the company. It was kind of gone when we got married. Right. So, oh. <laughs> you know, so I didn't, you know, if I was looking for that, that, that advancement in the company, you know, as part <laughs> of the family, daughter. that was long gone. Right, right. <laughs> you, you advance the old fashioned way by working. <laughs> so I had a question. Yeah, well. Real quick, yeah. back in the day, those um, who who designed that pipe that like that carbon fiber square pipe? Did you have anything to do with that? That thing was gorgeous. I was telling these guys I actually had a sponsorship back in the day where I was getting pipes for free, and God, it was just the coolest thing. You roll in with one of those pipes on your bike. Great question, man. And you know the funny thing is, I don't know what you guys are based in Texas, right? Yes, we sir. Are. Yes, sir. So funny thing to answer your question. The, the gentleman that's really responsible for designing those is actually lives right in your state. And um, his name's Jim Lewis, and he owns a company you guys might be familiar with called Merge Racing. Absolutely. Yeah. You know that yeah, place? Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, they have a training facility there that Jimmy rides out of. I think the training facility is actually maybe in Oklahoma, it right is. on the border. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, it's on but, the border. Um, um, but yeah, Jim Lewis is the guy, man. He was the engineer that designed all the carbon pro pipes, uh, all the aluminum pro, uh, the R4 exhaust. And it was just a, man, I got to tell you, it was, it was such a great time in the company and it just made you so excited to be there. Like this is in the beginning of the four stroke era, like in, in what, 98, the YZ 400. Yeah. And we were the first ones to have one of those bikes. Heck, to be honest with you. Spud and I got the, one of the first pre-production pipes, and we went and did this old race four-stroke series with monster trucks called the Thunderbike series. Hmm. I don't, I don't know if the guys ever heard that, but we it was know. basically like in different stadiums, and they had monster trucks and four-wheelers, and and, and then they had a four-stroke class. Anyway, okay. we had the first one, and and I remember, I mean, it's just great memories, but really cool times, guys. It was, I don't know, it was, you know, it's. It really was fun was the time when we had two different like R&D rooms. They were both under, you know, like a coated lock. And in one room, we had a factory Yamaha because at one point we were the supplier. Well, first we were the supplier for factory Honda. Okay. And then uh, about a year or two later, we became the official exhaust, four-stroke exhaust supplier to factory Yamaha. So in, in any, there was times where we had a factory Honda in one room and a factory Yamaha in the other room. And you talk about a cool thing. Yeah, that's some top that secret was, stuff back then. It was pretty sweet. Well, I mean, yeah. All the pipes stuff. back then and even now, they're all kind of cookie cutter. And I just remember that pipe just stood out, just especially because it had the anodized tips with the full carbon fiber body. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to say the carbon fiber lasted forever. <laughs> but Well, you're totally right on that. And you guys will get a kick out of this. I, I, you kind of got me on a roll here, so I got to share this with you. But <laughs> yeah, we're so after it. the race team shut down in 2003, then you know I was still doing all the rider support. And, and keep in mind, I mean, we were involved in mountain bikes and Harleys and dirt track, 
certainly motocross, uh, watercraft. Um, shoot, man, we had, I think we had four or five different catalogs. And again, we were heavily involved in racing. And, and after the race team shut down, then part of one of my uh, job that Tom gave me, because I was a single guy back then, whatever, you know, like d- being on the road and racing, you know, it's kind of a lifestyle, right? So, and, and didn't have any kids or anything like that. So my job was, I mean, how cool a job is this? Would be, I would have two gear bags, and I would basically have a bunch of Carbon Pro pipes in them. And they were all wrapped up, and, you know, they would come apart. So you had head pipes and just the midsection and the, the, the end piece, the actual carbon tip. And I would take pipes to for Honda and for Yamaha. Well, you know, back then, I mean, it was, I mean, Wyndham ran our stuff. Yeah. Um, Ricky ran our stuff, and then going back to what I talked about earlier with Chad Reed and how we know each other today, and it goes back to, heck, 2004. Well, Chad and Billiman were factory Yamaha guys, right? And they ran our pipes. So my thing would be to take pipes to the Nationals, deliver them, get on the plane, you know, check them, deliver them. (laughs) I'll give you an example of you made the statement about how, you know, I don't know how well they lasted. Well, those bikes got so hot, right, the carbon would eventually break down. I'll give you an example. Ricky Carmichael, this was back in the day when they actually had like a Saturday practice thing, right? Yep, Remember yep. that? Oh, yeah. Ricky Carmichael would go through, not because he broke them, but just because it's factory stuff, and this just kind of lends to how gnarly factories are and how much they don't want to take chances, okay? The pipe obviously worked really well. Ricky Carmichael would go through four pipes in a weekend. Wow. And, and it isn't because, again, that he broke them, right. but... He would have one on Friday, practice, uh, uh, um, I should say Saturday in practice. Friday morning, or Saturday, Sunday morning, he would have one for practice in the morning, put one on for the for the first moto, mm-hmm. put one on for the second moto, and he would run four pipes. At the end, I would go over to the Honda truck. They would give me all the pipes back. Sometimes we could salvage stuff. A lot of times the head pipes were kind of dinged, you know, because they were tie head pipes, and I would bring them back and, I would do the same thing with Yamaha. And, uh, but even with all that said, you think like, oh, my God, four pipes, you know, for Ricky Carmichael. Guys, back in those days, like, I can't even tell you how many pipes we sold um, for four strokes. Yeah, and, imagine. Which also, like, it's like it, when Ricky Carmichael was running them, I mean, if you rode a Suzuki or a Cowie or even a Yamaha, you know, it's like, dude, I want one of those on my Yamaha with a blue tip on there. Yeah. You know, if they're good enough for Ricky, then sure. I got to have one, you know? Yeah. And all those parts so, weren't quite as accessible as they are now to get all the exactly. cool stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And they were still, I think, like, I want to say they were still like eight or 900 bucks even back then, retail. You That's know what crazy. I mean? So it wasn't a cheap thing. Right. But, yeah. Hadn't changed much. It's kind of like nowadays, <laughs> everybody does tie and tie foot pegs and heck. Look at our wheels. I mean, right. you know, whether it's the Kyder Talon Carbon or Ultralight. So I'm too slow for any of that. in the world, but if you want one, what, you know, the strongest stuff you can get, sure. you know, that you could actually buy, then we have it available, right? So. Yeah, that's awesome. I, unfortunately, I'm slow and I'm a, under a budget, so <laughs> I don't get a lot of that stuff. I, uh, <laughs> I just got a new bike Friday. For some reason, my dad yep. decided he was going to go out and buy me a brand new motorcycle. That's a heck of a dad. Yeah. So yeah. he surprised yeah, me, and yeah. now I'm trying to trick it all out with all the extra parts. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. So and the I first will... thing he said when he sent pictures to us about that uh, bike was, can't wait to get it, order some wheels. So yeah, that is the first thing that. he said. Well, I was planning on getting some for my 06, but I think I'm going to have to change that order to a 15. 
Yeah, yeah. So well, I think like most people find. I mean, you know, the bikes nowadays come really, really well. I mean, sure. It, it, this will sound like it's like. Well, of course he's going to say that, but <laughs> you know, depending on the bike, but you know, whether it's like, oh, you could use the stock wheels. For the most part, I think most people can agree the rims are are not very good. You know, they no, come on not. the bikes, and right. I think anybody that's ridden or, or, or knows or knows pro guys or just really anyone, you over jump something or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying it can't happen even the best rims, but stock bikes typically don't have the best quality. Yeah, the, alloys. Fir- the first time you get a flat, all the ana- black anodizing comes off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. horrible. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. Anyway, I'll- man, I, I hope I didn't bore you guys, but that no, was kind man, of my, no, my, no. my story into the. You know, I guess, and then just did that forever. And and then, you know, when White Brothers went away, I, I did some stuff with uh, Brembo Brakes, if you guys know that, Brembo yeah, Brakes. Yeah. And you ever heard of them? Do uh, you guys ever remember watching Supermoto and, like, McGrath? And, oh, yeah. And Doug Henry and Mark Burkhart and all that. It, Jeff Ward. Um, Mickey Cassie Diamond. And all those guys. If you remember those mag wheels they used to run on those bikes? Yep. Well, that's what I did for about five years, like brand manager for them. It was kind of a weird transition to go into that, but I traveled all over the country and got to go to Italy a couple of times and visit the factory. And, and then, yeah, man. So, you know, uh, in about a month, we will have had W for six years. Kristen and I got an opportunity to start our own business and, and, uh, we went for it and, yeah. and we've been real lucky with, you know, I don't know, relationships and, not just with race teams, but the dealers or distributors and the industry in general. And, and we've been very, very fortunate to, um, make a, a, a good little business for, for us, you know, for our, our, our guys, girls here at the company, we have two little ones and right. hope to put them, we want to put them through college. And <laughs> we're real lucky to be able to work in this industry. It's, it's a lot of fun. So. Well, I tell you what, we're real lucky to have had you on tonight. We really appreciate your time, John. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, you've brought some stuff to light, man. I enjoyed hearing your stories. And, uh, wow, that's that's an awesome journey you've been on. Yep. Thanks, John. Well, sure cool. appreciate you, man. Well, hey, thank you guys yep. very much. Thank you for having me on, my, on your program. And uh, you guys take care, all right? You too, John. You I'll too, be calling buddy. you soon. Thanks again. Yeah, me too. I got a 125 I need to get some wheels for. You're the guy. Uh, give us a holler, man. We'll right. we'll we'll take care of you. I appreciate right. it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye, guys. See ya. See ya. John Anderson, ladies and gentlemen, W Wheels. I tell you what, man. I had a, a, a set of W Wheels on, on a, K, a new KTM I bought a few years ago, and uh, you cannot. You can tell. I to me, you can kind of tell the difference when you're on the bike. How much more plush those things are. How much stronger they are. It's just it's amazing. Well, it's especially really- when they're using a high-quality rim. Like, oh. you can tell the high-quality rim when they're using either the high-end DID or the XL. Just mm-hmm. getting the bead to break off of the rim is a lot harder. The factory ones just fall off. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, and they're just using quality parts with quality workmanship, and it makes a great product. That that was really cool. I, I love hearing that kind of stuff and getting into kind of into the technical side of things. And man, they do a lot with the little. I figured their staff would be huge. Yeah, that but, is amazing. Especially in like make wheels and like, I mean, it's not just one person instead of wheels. You right. know, there's going to be a bunch in one day trying to yeah. get them out in 24 hours. That's crazy. I got the sense just when calling and uh, the same guy answers every time and he gets me right back to either John or or his wife. That I got the sense that it was a pretty small company very tight-knit 
which I like. I think that's good. Some of you go-getters out here, that doesn't mean building wheels is easy. I promise <laughs> I you it's not. So I uh, yeah. don't think just anybody can do it. That's an acquired skill, and, and those guys are the best at what they do. So uh, Yeah. Man, Very what cool. a show tonight, guys. Really appreciate it. We want to thank Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, and Broadway Power Sports here in Tyler, Texas for supporting this uh, this goofy show we like to do every week. And uh, Dark Side, yeah. DJ. Hey, Heck of a yep. show, man. Hey, so hopefully Thanks to everybody listening and if y'all if y'all see me out there at the GNC, anybody listening, I'll be up there announcing. Come up, talk to us. Bug hey, the crap out real of Real quick, I want to say uh thanks to uh, Robert Wells. He uh he sent me a message on Facebook about how much he enjoys the show. And, you know, if you guys hit us up, I want to kind of give some shout-outs when I can just because we appreciate everybody listening. That's right. Robert, thanks again, man. Yep. Thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody who listening. Moto X Pod Show. Peace yeah. out. So you got to dodge him. You've got to duck him. you got to keep that diesel trucking. Just put that hammer down and give it hell. He's pounded down. Load it up and truck it. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up. Watch on bandit run.